everyone. Welcome back to the Flying Lion podcast. Uh, unfortunately, we did not have a great result from last night, but we're moving right along. We got Inner Miami coming up on this Wednesday. I think, Sam, uh, the guys were just getting ready for that game. Let's just chalk it up to that. What do you think? How are we doing tonight, Sam? Yeah, um, definitely got a bad taste in my mouth um, after watching last night. Um, but, you know, I, I guess the best thing to do is to move on to, you know, another incredible game that we are, you know, very grateful to to witness as an FC Cincinnati fan. And, um, yeah, it's very, very much a very hard on to the next game type mentality here. We waited 16 days for that. Yeah, for that. Yeah. I think we can kind of echo, you know, the way that we feel is probably the way that everyone else feels. Um, just a brutal game. I mean, for those who didn't watch or hear, I don't know where you were to not hear about it, but we lost uh, 3-0, just a ugly game from start to finish. I wouldn't say like necessarily from like very, very start though, Sam, Um you know, we see the lineup right away and, you know, immediately I got concerned. I think like everyone did about the back line um, definitely made me a little bit nervous even going into it. Um, I think, yeah. again, every, everyone kind of felt that way. If you just look at who we rolled out in the back line. So, Sam, to kind of answer your question from the last podcast, uh, we go with Roman Celentano in goal. Um, kind of a, a good statement by Pat that he trusts Celentano in the MLS season. Uh, and to be honest, he was arguably our best player. Um, you know, maybe a sneak peek later on in the episode for that, but, um, I think he played really well. What did you think of Roman? Yeah, I, I thought, you know, Roman was one of the bright spots. Um, you know, he's still his movement on some of the shots just were a little bit you know, slower, right. than what we were accustomed to at the beginning of the season um, and kind of throughout the season, you know, he's been able to keep, I think what, eight or nine clean sheets throughout the season right now. Second in the league, um, I think. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, he, he was good. He had some great saves, but um, a lot of those saves were, the, it was the same save. Um, it was a dive to the left. I don't think he had to dive to the right once, uh, you know, the entire game. Um but, uh, you know, it, it's not much you can do, especially when you have a back line like that, right? So Roman's standing on his head for, for most of the game. Um, and it, it's just, it, it's tough to see. It really is. Because, uh, you know, once again, we know how talented Roman is as a, a goalkeeper. Um, and it's to, to put him behind a back line like that and try and, you know, do the best to his abilities is is a tough task for sure. Yeah, I think like he probably looked at the lineup too and was like, man, this is my first game back. I mean, you're giving Barry all. Yeah, you know, Barry all there. I mean, he's been there all season. Um, in the kind of middle three there, you end up having Gaddis, Murphy, and Haglin, and then you have Pow out on the right. So, um, using a couple of you know maybe right backs as center backs maybe Murphy being a little bit young and kind of up and down this year is probably the best way to describe him and some of his play. But um, yeah, I, I agree with you, Sam. I mean, Salantana looks at that and he's like, Oh man, here we go. Um, but you have a, 
pretty normal, you know, midfield. You have Mourinho, you have Obi, which a lot of times are kind of like the stop gaps in the midfield that prevent a lot of balls coming through that, you know, maybe are, are shielding our back line a little bit from things, but it really showed last night how important, you know, we've been talking about it all year long is just Miazga's presence, Mascara's presence, even though he's young, just commanding the back line, commanding defense, commanding yeah. where we're playing out of. Um, and we lacked that just from the beginning of the game on, like true and true, you know, all the way through. So, yeah, I mean, you know, to, to kind of just touch on the game as a whole, you know, it was just we had no energy. No energy whatsoever from from start to finish um, for a rivalry game. I mean, that's yeah. just ridiculous. You and can't come out flat against your rival. You yeah, can't. We it, we just seemed it completely disinterested in the game. Like it yeah. was, we we didn't want the ball at all. We were just giving the ball up like it was Halloween, and we were giving out candy. Like that's exactly what it was. Um, and you know. If if we're gonna you know call out the the back line or call out the midfield, the the two liabilities that stood out to me were Moreno and Haglin. Those were the those were the two guys to me that stood yeah. out the most as far as liabilities. Um, Moreno, it, he he needs to be held more accountable. Mm-hmm. I don't really think he's doing much this second half of the season in the midfield. Um, him stepping to the balls um, that Morris was shooting. Like <laughs> that was great the effort. L- yeah. The lack thereof of effort. I mean, yeah, I don't know if it's like you, you, so, you know, let's bring it back to the beginning of the game. At least, you know, we get about, I don't know, eight minutes in and, you know, we create a good opportunity. Uh, Vasquez puts a shot on goal and I'm thinking, you know, we actually have something going there, but you don't really build off of that. And then from there, you really even see you're playing against a team with their backup, you know, or assistant coach as their main guy because their head coach had been suspended. So, you know, maybe they don't have, you know, their full, I don't even know, team message is what I want to say, but um, they seem to have a good identity that they want to establish possession. And they dominated in that. I mean, first half, what was it like 70 30, I think was the ending stat or 60 40? Well, it, it felt like it. Yeah. It was like 64, you know, 36, something like that. Yeah. But to your point, I mean, like, yeah, like it wears you down when you're chasing the ball like that all the time. But at the same token, like we had chances. It wasn't like we didn't. I mean, we had, we had a few good opportunities. But when I say chances, I mean, like you're on the ball, you're trying to like, get something working. We we couldn't even establish a rhythm of passes like you've seen earlier on in the season. That for me was the hardest part to watch is like, like you said, Sam, like careless mistake after careless mistake and playing your guy in space or knowing where your guy's going to run to play him into space or, you know, playing your target striker to even try to build it out of the back. It seemed like every time we were second to the ball, we were second to the 50 fifties and we just didn't seem to overall want to be there, like you had mentioned, which, again, in a rivalry game, you have all your fans coming up to watch it and everything. I get there's a huge game on Wednesday, but you just got to come out with more energy, even if you know that your back line is not the greatest. Like, just show your effort. That is all we're asking. Yeah, the the offense is, I mean, the whole team's liable. 
they are. But I think we we did, to your point, you know, we did see glimpses of the impact that Vasquez, Bupenza, Acosta can have up front. Like we saw that. It was evident. They just they just need a little bit more time to gel. But yeah, they just they looked out of sync as well. Right. So we need to see that all the time. Like if we just see flashes, it's not it's not going to do us any good, really. And I think them looking kind of out of sync really stands true when you look at the stats we had five offsides to the columbus cruise zero <laughs> like that's just not to your point not being on the same page right when you're looking to, to play a through ball or you're looking to play you know across you know across the field or something you, you just have to be on the same page as your teammates and that's just it, it just wasn't working um to to bupenza's point he was getting in spaces that we needed him to the man can't finish. He like I right now he can't finish. I understand, you know, he was a golden boot winner, and that's what we expect from him when when we got him, right? Right now, he's just not he's not showing it. And it's it's unfortunate to see it is because we we we've watched the highlights, we've done our you know our homework on him as fans, and for him to be known as this one v one guy, being able to to play, you know, and kind of scare the defenders in front of him, the Columbus crew, do, like their back line's not anything special. Like it's, <laughs> it's nothing special. Nothing that, you know, us FC Cincinnati hasn't already put three goals it on. It wasn't right? anything so, to, yeah, to your point, it wasn't anything that they did. It was the lack of us, you know, not doing the correct things. Like, you know, like I said, the first opportunity by Vasquez, if he puts that away, it changes the whole first half. It changes yeah. our energy we get up for the game more. I mean, you look at the final scoreline being 3-0 and you're like, dang, you got killed. But if you break it down to if you finish your chances, like I've said time after time, half chances change the game. If you have an opportunity and you fail to score on those, you're not going to win or you're not going to be competitive. And that, it seems, unfortunately, I wouldn't say a trend. I mean, because in the last five games that we've played, we've come from behind and at least tied it in a few of them and come back to win, you know, some of them as well. So it's not like we couldn't do that, but this game just really showed any lack of effort. I saw, you know, even your captain Acosta is kind of just walking around yelling at Bupenza. I mean, that was kind of frustrating to see. They were completely on the wrong page the entire night. You said Vasquez's name one time for that shot in the first half, and then I don't think I heard it again. I mean, he didn't really get on the ball either or create anything. So, yeah, I mean, is that a coaching thing for us to, you know, have them take those guys out of the game or to get them frustrated? I don't know, man. I You have 16 days to prepare for this team, and, you know, you come out with that lack of – you know, anything, communication, lack of energy. Like I said, the energy part is the part that gets me the, just the most upset about it. Um, but yeah, it, it was just on all fronts, just ready to, ready to move on past it. <laughs> from a, from a positive aspect though. I mean, we saw good things from specifically, you know, Halsey, right? Yeah. The guy plays 17 minutes, but it's the best 17 minutes that I saw the entire game for us. Like um, energetic. You know, Exactly. We saw flashes from, you know, Santos brought some energy into the game as well as, um, I mean, Kubo. Yeah. He did, he did well in some aspects. He did I, feel well. like. I would say the last goal is on him. 
and it starts up yeah. in the midfield. Um, his awful attempt at a tackle there in the midfield yeah. kind of just let them into our half, and that's kind of what created that that third goal there. But I mean, for the most part, you know, he did bring the energy. So I guess I'll I'll let it go since the game's pretty much out of hand yeah. at that point anyway. But yeah, but yeah. We were kind of all over the place in the way we were described. I think we're just trying to spill out all of our emotion just from last night because it just seems like so bottled and this is a good outlet to kind of talk well, about it. Well, it's it's but, making something out of nothing. Oh, like. for sure. Yeah. <laughs> and and that's that's the truth of it. I mean, what do you say? You just chalk it off to hey, look, we gotta you gotta be better. I mean, but um, you know, going back a little bit, let's back up just just a slight amount here. Um, earlier on in the game. You know, we concede first, like Sam had mentioned. Um, we don't step out enough on, um, you know, uh, Aiden uh, Morris's shot. Um, you know, I felt like even if you pressure him a little bit more, it challenges him in the way that he has time to even set up for it. But then, you know, only five, ten minutes later, you concede a PK. I mean, that's just another thing that you get even more frustrated by. I mean, it happens. I mean, the arm was up. I, I think it was a PK, but, you know, and yeah. then you're down 2-0, you get frustrated, you try to maybe force things a little bit. Um, and that's when I think we kind of got stuck at the end of the half into some interesting calls for sure. I mean, there was definitely some situations that I felt like uh, the ref could have done better with. Um, you know, namely, I can think of, one in particular, Sam, if if you know what I'm referring to, when there was an elbow to the face on Lucho Acosta. But then uh, prior, uh, apparently there was another elbow and our guy gets a yell on it. So I, I don't know oh, yeah. where that comes in. Those, and again, yeah, those... the ref didn't dictate the whole game, but there was just frustrations that just added to things. And it was hard to watch that part too. Yeah, I mean, that both, both sequences were a little confusing to understand i i think the the elbow to acosta i think you know that's a it's a blatant like smack in the face pretty much um i would say um and then as far as you know on our end the the elbow when you slow it down it <laughs> it you know it, it doesn't look good for us when you slow it down but in the moment i, I think it, it should in the moment, right? Like I said, it should have gone our way in the moment, but you know, you do slow it down and you see, you know, what happens first rather than, you know, the elbow that comes or the grab that comes. Right. So yeah, I, I don't think, you know, once again, I, I, I <laughs> we've said on this podcast before, you know, all of us, we don't really have too much respect for, for Ted uncle as a ref. So, you know, was this, a terribly ref game. Uh, yeah, it, it was okay. Like yeah, it wasn't it wasn't, wasn't like the worst either. I agree. Yeah, it wasn't the the worst. But I think it was I, just the timing of the calls that were frustrating. And then yes, yeah, because of how they score and they go up early, and then you get those questionable decisions. It just kind of adds to your frustration. I think what was most interesting you've you've seen a little bit more of a subdued Pat Noonan this year. Even, you know, his assistant coaches like to kind of chirp things out as well. I've noticed that, um, you know, they've been around, especially Dom Kinnear. He's been a head coach before. He knows a lot of these, you know, uh, refs. But um, 
I, I thought that, um, why am I blanking on his name? Kenny arena, you know, gets a yellow right before halftime because he's yelling. And I, I think that really shows you how frustrated the coaching staff was by how bad we were playing and that their plans weren't really going to what they wanted. You know, I, I think that showed more that side of things on like, you know, Hey, you're, you're down two Oh, and, and then all this happens and they're just like, guys, you know, we can't be doing this, but I don't know what you thought about that scenario of the bench getting a yellow, even during the game, not even just the players, but some of the coaches. I I appreciated the fact that they cared enough to, to get a card on the bench. Um, Is it a situation like in baseball where like the manager goes out and like tries to get ejected to get the team fired up? I mean, that, that could have been a possibility. Obviously it did not work, but <laughs> You know, it clearly baseball tactics do not work in a soccer game, <laughs> right? So we can check that one off the list that 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 does not work, right? Yeah. Um, for anybody that that wants to be a coach out there, possibly, right, right. Work. All right. So, um, but yeah, I, I appreciated the passion from the bench. Um, it is just unfortunate that that didn't translate onto the field. Yeah. Yeah. True. So we come out of half. We have a little bit more energy. We start to create a little bit more chances for like five minutes and then it's just like nothing i mean just more frustration more disconnected passing i felt like barrial was out of position and like gas the whole game i've never seen him like so lackadaisical to get back to his left back position i don't know if like a impending transfer or the interest that he's getting is weighing on him or if he's looking, you know, to Wednesday night, he just seemed disinterested in the game as a whole. Um, even from the first couple minutes in the game, they were playing balls through that normally he kind of breaks up or at least, you know, recovers well to that. I really didn't think that, you know, he did a great job at doing. Um, I don't know if it was him trying to be more active in the attack could be a possibility that he wasn't getting back, but Usually, you know, he's got mascara next to him and he can rely on him covering the ground. And if he's going to be up more then Murphy's got to cover him and he didn't do a great job at that, especially with having Gressel out there on the on the width. I thought that was going to be an interesting matchup between the two of them. Um, I, I think he does better normally in that scenario. And if I remember, uh, Gressel came in off the bench in Vancouver earlier on in the year. And the same thing happened with Barrial. They just kept getting balls in. Um, the dudes played, again, a lot of minutes, a lot, a lot of minutes. But you have 16 days between, you know, the last game and this game. Like, he should be more than ready to be able to put in a shift. Um, yeah. And then they pull in with 20 minutes left, which just sends the message of we don't really even want to be in this game anymore. We put in Halsey. We put in some other guys. We take Haglin out at halftime. I mean, it was like more of a let's try to protect these guys for Wednesday type thing, which is like I, I see their point to it, but that's not the way they've been all year. They've been a let's try to win every game we can. So kind of unusual um, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I think that is, you know, to your point, that's a very unusual, you know, kind of feeling in with Pat's lineups right? That's very much been the case and very evident. Like, Hey, we're, we're here to win every single game. You know, yeah. it was like that in leagues cup, we were expecting a little bit more youth in leagues cup and that did not happen. And we were like, okay, we're here for this. This is, this is great. And then we have 
you know, two weeks off and, you know, we continue to say two weeks off and we get this right. But yeah, the, the, the whole second half, the whole game, just, it's not, it's not even worth talking about anymore. No. Really. I mean, it's, it's, it's beating a dead, a dead horse. It really is Yeah, because, you know, we can say all we want to say right now, but in, in, the reality is, you know, it is on the next game and they better have a fire lit up, you know, underneath them playing at home again. Well, that's, that's a good point. I was just going to touch on the, like a fire being lit under them. Um, you know, is it a message by the coaching staff that they take them off at the end of the game? Like normally we would keep you guys in, but you're playing so bad. I need to send a message. Like you guys oh, yeah. don't even deserve to be on this field right now. Yeah. You know, like we're going to get people out there that are going to actually play. And like your point earlier, like the subs actually came in and started to actually be interested in playing, you know, or to show some energy, um, obviously too little too late. So again, I agree with you, Sam. I don't think we need to keep touching on any rest of the game in that aspect, but um, I saw some comments that, you know, Pat is saying like, you know, maybe this is a wake up call, or I think Vasquez had said something like that too. And I'm like, you you need a game like this to be your wake up call. You're in first place. Everyone's going to be gunning for your neck. It's a rivalry game. I mean, I, what do you mean? It's a wake up call. I mean, you got to come out like every game, everyone's gunning for you. Yeah. Um. It's, so the rust was real. Let's just call it. So the hell is real. Let's call it. The rust was real. Yeah. Yeah. Last week's episode was nostalgia is real. It's the rust is rust is real this week. Right. Rust is real. So <laughs> I guess we, uh, we can move along a little bit. Um, touching on, I guess some notes, um, from the rest of, uh, you know, leagues cup finished up. Uh, what a crazy game that was, Sam. I don't know if you had a chance to watch. I think actually we were, we were chatting about it while it was going on Nashville against, uh, inner Miami, but, Holy crap, man. I don't know who I wanted to win, but as a neutral, what a game of soccer that was. Well, yeah, as an FC Cincinnati fan, I didn't want either team to win. Yeah. But um, yeah, as a neutral, as somebody that's new to the MLS or getting into it or is just, you know, a messy fan, that definitely lived up to the hype for sure. Yeah, it was crazy. I mean, I don't know if the the big speculation now coming out of League's Cup was, you know, is the MLS going to implement this no extra time rule? Um, I uh, bless you. I think that's the first on the podcast. Nice sneeze there, Sam. Um, <laughs> kept it quiet. Kept it quiet. <laughs> that was pretty impressive. Um, everyone, I think even over in England, I saw a couple of tweets of people that were like, you know what? I really kind of like the idea of no extra time and going straight to PKs. Uh, so if there's anything crazy that came out of that, I don't know what your thoughts are um, of maybe, you know, going straight from regular time into a PK shootout for things. For for a final like that, I, I think it's justified. But for the rest of the games, uh, I think it adds more for the rest, for the like the the either the group stage or, you know, round sure. of 32, round of 16, like. I think it it just makes sense to do the extra time to see who the best team at the end of the game is um, because, you know, sometimes when you do go straight to penalty kicks, that doesn't really show you, you know, who the best team was the entire game, right? That's it's just, valid. you know, who's going to be better in that moment, like right there. Right. So any momentum that 
could be carried into an extra time is nowhere to be found because you have to show up in PKs. So I did appreciate that in the final. You know, I, I did like that for a final because it got right to the action. It was like, okay, like let's <laughs> let's do PKs right, right. here right now. And that like that's a, a feel for a final, but I don't I don't think that should be the format for every single game. Yeah, I mean definitely from a player standpoint, that's a good point too, because you feel like you're in it more during extra time and that you have a viable chance where you kind of take things out of your hands when it comes down to a one V one kind of just ball on the spot versus the keeper. And you kind of put it on one individual, if you want to say putting it on the keeper, but that's kind of essentially what it is. I mean, it de- yeah. it's dependent on how your, how your keeper plays versus how your team is playing in the moment um, going into a, you know, 15 plus 15 minute extra time where you actually have, time to still you know do things so yeah, yeah good good point with that to, to soccer don's point he, he was talking about the end of leagues cup there i guess before the game i think before the match he was talking mm-hmm. about changes that could come right and he was like absolutely you know we're going to look into to changes and tweaking this thing to see you know possibly are other leagues going to come into it or right you know, how do we best communicate with league mx to you know get the best um kind of format in place for the tournament right or you know the right kind of way to go about things and so i i thought you know him constantly wanting to tweak things and make things better like i appreciate that about him however there are certain things that do not need to be tweaked and that are just it it's soccer or it's you know it's football right, right. right? and that's how it is like that's how it should always be so um i'm interested to see the changes that they make for next year because from what it sounds like from him like it sounds like there will be changes it just depends on where at right and i think from a game presentation standpoint i I think we've talked plenty about what needs to change there sure so yeah i mean the i guess on presentation you're referring to leaks cup in the way that they've kind of put together their start of the games their intros and everything and yeah i would agree with that i i think I, this is might be a, a premature card for me it'll be a kind of like a side card here yeah. um you know inter miami ends up winning in pks the keepers go down to this shootout that was kind of cool to see those guys go against each other inter miami wins uh messy hands off the armband for you know deandre yedlin the former captain to kind of lift it that's kind of cool i think that's cool but yeah. I don't know if you had the chance to see it today. They were talking about the trophy and, you know, Miami had a photo of the trophy now at their stadium. Did you happen to see the engraving of inner Miami on the actual trophy? No, I did not. Oh my gosh. For those who are listening, go and Google search this or look it up on Twitter X, whatever you want to call it. Um, It looks like a five-year-old did the engraving, Sam. It's really bad. (laughs) It looks like they just hand did it in the moment. And it was probably some like salty Nashville person that like wrote it on there, but it looks so bad, man. Well, I mean, it's the very first engraving on the league's cup. So I I mean, I guess, does that mean each team gets the league's cup every year, like a different one? Because there was like, it, it was written at the very top and I'm not even kidding you. It looks like a five-year-old just like hand wrote it on there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would, I would assume that 
they're just going to do a new one for every year. Yeah, probably. I would, I would kind of like if, if they passed it around, that would be kind of cool, but yeah. it's a big trophy too. I mean, it's, oh, a it's, oh, yeah, it's a huge cereal. Yeah. It looked like, uh, the size of the Stanley cup, like, I don't know. Stanley cup is pretty big. Um, but just width wise and I, I would know. say width. Yeah. Let's go width with wise. Width, yeah. Because height Stanley cup is pretty big. Yeah. Now Sam and I are both had kind of like said, like we were neutral, don't let him like fool you in some ways. Like we didn't want Messi to win it. I mean, coming up with the fact that we're playing them on Wednesday, like some part of us was like, we want to see Nashville, like, you know, actually do something and beat Messi. But at the same time, it's Nashville. I mean, this FC Cincinnati podcast and we're FC Cincinnati fans. We don't want Nashville to win either. Um, so that was difficult, but I spam quit that broadcast as soon as Miami won. I didn't even watch the trophy presentation. Oh, no. Yeah, I was like, you know what? Good game. All right. That's I'm, right. I'm go to bed. <laughs> Your opponent has left the match. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, Sam, um, did you want to touch on anything else here on uh, the first part of the podcast? No, I, you know, I, I think once again, I think we've touched good and well on, on the game uh, from yesterday and the Columbus crew game. Um, I just hope that maybe, and this may just be me, you know, wanting to get back at the crew fans and players and that whole, you know, fan base franchise. But I want to, I want to meet them in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I do. I want to meet them in the playoffs. So With that the way full we squad too. I mean, taste in our mouth. Yeah. Left a bad taste, but, and it's so funny to me, like we were chirping online with some crew fans about it and like they own Ohio. It's like we tied the series this year, you know, and they're like, well, the aggregate's better for us. And I'm like, I'm sorry, is there an aggregate and a regular? There's none. Yeah, exactly. Like, what? What are you talking about? Um, you know, I just ridiculous things like that. I mean, we didn't have our starting center backs. That definitely changes the game. Um, I, I mean, I don't know how you overlook that point. All the broadcasts that I was watching, even like the MLS 360 after, oh, this is a statement, you know, the league is put on notice, you know. It's like uh, the league was put on notice that Matt Miazga and Mascara didn't start the game. And, you know, there's a huge gaping hole in the back line. <laughs> like yeah. um, we can make excuses all we want. I mean, if you want to consider that an excuse, we still had to play better. We still didn't play well enough. We could have even potentially played for a draw. But, you know, as we've touched on, we're beating a dead horse now. But the energy just Miami. had to be better. On to Miami. Yeah. On to Miami. I'm hoping that. You know, Mascara and Miazga are good. We'll touch on that on the second part here. Um, so uh, let's go to our sponsor here, and we'll be right back with you guys. So Agility is a technology-driven soccer training facility. So we offer six facets of training. Uh, that would be Tech Touch uh, with ball launchers that work on your first touch, the TSZ, uh, which is the ESA equipment, and working on decision-making. We also have a circuit. Uh, circuit training would be taking the ESA equipment to the next level. It's kind of like a soccer obstacle course. Then we offer neuroscience training with our reflection tools, uh, working on processing things a little bit faster, hand-eye coordination and such. Uh, We offer skills classes, which is your typical corporate skills training. Um, Lots of people still enjoy that, so we work on a lot of attacking 1v1 skills. And then we also offer athlete development. So our athletes come here and they work on speed, agility, uh, quickness, explosive movements, really just learning how to move and function a little bit better as an athlete. 
Welcome back, everyone. Uh, we're in the second part of this episode here where the rust was real in the first half. Um, hopefully the second half will be better, unlike the guys yesterday. Sam, I wanted to ask you this question, though, real quick. Uh, first time on the podcast, we haven't gotten to do our trivia before the break, but I got a great question for you. Are you ready for it? Yeah, hit me. How many current FC Cincinnati players have played against Messi in their career, club or international ball? Props if you can name both of them slash all of them. Did you just give it away? <laughs> I don't know. Did I? Do I change my answer because of based off of that? I mean, both all there might be a little, there might be a lot. That's that's hilarious. I'm getting in your head now. I you're not, not, but that's fine. I had a number, but then since you said that, I'm gonna I I just want to get it right. Um, <laughs> well, right. tell me well, who they are then. Okay, tell me yeah. who they are then. Okay, all right. I'm gonna go two. <laughs> I think that's the right answer. Um, but as far as players, my first one is Miazga because okay. of international play. Okay. Um, the second one, I'm going to go with Kubo. All right. Those are my two picks. So the, the question changed over the course of the question being asked, but I like it. All right. Well, we'll stay tuned until the end of the episode. Um, and you'll find out who those players were. Cool. <laughs> Moving right along to uh, we'll we'll do our jersey swaps. Um, we we can do whether whatever you want it to be. I mean, there wasn't a lot of great stuff from the past game, but did you see anything good from this crew game? Anything? Anything at all? I mean, we touched on him a little earlier, and I I know he was our jersey swap last week. Um, and he only played seventeen minutes, but I'm gonna go with Brett Halsey. Um, for my jersey swap. Um, did not have anything to choose from um, on the roster, in my opinion. Um, thought about some other players, but Halsey bringing the energy, the only bright spot, um, in my opinion, from that game, created chances was, you know, moving with the ball, electric, you know, trying to figure out a way to win for us, um, which, you know, from the other players, I didn't really see too much. But, yeah, he, he looked like he cared. And I appreciated that. And so he's my Jersey swap of the week. Pretty simple. Yeah. He should be the backup. I think from this point on for sure, he's kind of earned it. We've hammered on the fact that he's taken over Isaiah Foster's like spot. Cause the dude hasn't really even played at all, but they show confidence in Halsey, even if the game's kind of out of hand that he's going to come in and he's going to try to make a difference. And he actually seemed a little bit more connected with some people, um, than some of the other players, even the starters, to be honest with you. I don't think he's a starting caliber guy yet, but um, I would trust him for some sequences. So definitely a good shout for uh, your jersey swap. Yeah, what about you? Mine is going to be, I, I man, I was going back and forth. I, I thought the subs did great, like we had touched on earlier, but I'm going to go with the FC Cincinnati supporting fans. You know, I've been there, um, especially in Columbus. We had a huge supporter, you know, contingent up there in the corner. Um, before the game, they were loud. They were passionate. They brought more energy collectively than any single player did throughout the entire game. 
Um, we were ready. We had 16 days to get ready for this game and we're always amped up for this, you know, rivalry. So guys, good job. Great job to the, the traveling Bailey. Um, you're my Jersey swap of the week. Yeah. I mean, credit to them, you know, seeing the pictures and the video, like you had said, a very large section we had. And, um, you know, I hope that, the FC players kind of can go back and, and look at Twitter, look at, you know, how impactful their fans actually were up in that, you know, corner of the, the stadium up there. Um, I, I think they should have looked up there more often to see how much they were chanting for, for them. Right. And giving their energy towards the game. Um, I, I think you need to do that as a player more often. Um, and that's where your energy should come from, especially during an away match, especially during a rivalry like this. You need to look up into that, you know, corner of the stadium to see where your supporter section, no matter how big it is, to be honest with you, and just see the passion that comes from, you know, what they're trying to do for you. I mean, if we're going to really build it to be like a European type rivalry where, you know, we're not going to have flares and stuff like that, but like, you know, we're 90 miles away. There's so much passion. Like these guys got to feed off of that. They have to understand the moment. Um, you know, you can't overlook games like this as much as I want to just move on and, you know, whatever, but it sets the tone or maybe like they said, a wake up just to be like, look, you need to relook the way that you're going into these games. Um, yeah. so that, that rolls right into my card of the week. Yeah. Let's hear it. Sam, what was your card of the week? Yeah. So straight up, my, my card of the week is complacency. Um, you know, once again, just beating the crap out of it, but we had two weeks to prepare for what FCC fans regard as one of the biggest games of the season. You know, when the schedule comes out, regardless of who we're playing in leagues cup or open cup or any of the other cups, you look at the regular season games and circled on the calendar every year is the home and away matches against the Columbus crew. Those mean the most to us as fans. Um, and so I just didn't appreciate the whole vibe of the team in the game. You know, the result continues to feed into the narrative that we are, you know, the, the crew's little brother still. Right. And I want the players to care about that. I want them to just, Hey, all right, like let's fix this narrative, right? Um, and so to this complacency point, you know, we're still eight points clear, but the revs have a game in hand, right? So they're they're gonna be on our butt if we don't, you know, continue to strive and continue to look for that supporter shield. Um, but four, five, and three on the road, like that's just that's horrendous. It's just not acceptable. And you know, we're not we're not only going for a trophy. But we're on we were we were on track for records. We were on track for records. And right now, in my my standpoint, it feels like we're settling for just a trophy. Yeah, man. Complacency is the best way to put it. Um, I was like thinking about this, you know, after the game, all today. Like, if we want to be legendary, you can't lose to your rival like that and not even show up. You know, maybe you have one or two games where St. Louis, you know, it's a fluke. There's a big rain delay. But if you want to be legendary, you want to set records, you want to win trophies, you got to show it every game. 
You got to bring it. We bring it. Our supporters bring it, you know, flying lion podcast brings it every <laughs> week, but uh, you know, it's just gotta be better. And um, today I saw Lucho on Instagram saying we're all together, bring them together and say, look, we're still in first. They're still in fourth. They might've played this game better, but as a season, this is your opportunity. I'm calling them out right now. This is your time to win trophies. This is it, man. Look at the guys that we have. Top to bottom. Every position. You got to do it. You got to go for it. You got to bring it, man. And I, I'm just ready to see them on Wednesday with that mentality. I'm ready for them just to say, look, this is a golden opportunity, a golden moment, one shining moment, right? NCAA tournament reference right there. It's one shining moment, man. I mean, I hate to put the pressure on the, the players like that, but Vasquez is probably gone. Barrial is probably gone. You know, Obi, there's some question if he's going to be around. Celentano, I'm sure, is going to get some looks at some point too. You can't keep all these guys forever. No. So go for it now. Do yeah. win. I mean, I've seen stuff out there on Twitter about how we should just be focused on the league. That's nonsense. Do Pat's mentality. Win every game. Win every freaking game. Win your battle. Win your positional challenge. And you'll have good results. So I look forward to a huge response um, in the games coming up. I went on a huge tangent there. I'm yeah, sorry. So that, that was my card. So what was what was your what was your card? <laughs> my that my my card was gonna be uh Ted uncle, but the more and more I thought about it, like there was some questionable calls and we already chatted about it earlier. To be honest, I'm going to call out the MLS and the way that they put a rivalry game on a Sunday night. That's just absolutely ridiculous. You, you want people to go and you want to build these rivalries up and then you put it on a Sunday night. Like, come on, that's, that's just dumb. I mean, we've said it before. They've done this before too. Have they not learned? I mean, if you want to keep building your league and you want to build these rivalries, put it on a different night. Don't put it on a Sunday night. I don't care if it's the summer. You know, I don't care if it's the first game back after two weeks. I don't care if there was Leagues Cup the night before. You know, I Saturday night, man. Friday or Saturday night, you would have you would have maybe had, you know, a little bit more than the crew had. I don't know if they would have had a sellout or not. Sam, I think you might have had a tweet about that. But Oh, yeah, I, I did. Yeah. Because there was a fan that was like, oh, this is like the seventh straight game of like 20,000 plus or something like that. And I was like, hey, like, call me when you can fill it, you know, every single game, 25 plus. They Their capacity is only like 21 or something. That's that's what I'm saying. Like, Watch call- the broadcast, man. They had empty seats for a rivalry game there. Empty so. seats in some places. And there's a lot of orange and blue. So, again, shout out back to my jersey swap but we're moving on let's talk about inner miami so uh wednesday night you know by the time you guys are watching this tomorrow night u.s open cup uh semi-final game the boys are in a final four game to go to the finals we're playing again an inner miami team that just won leagues cup another inner season tournament they've kind of been on a roll but they got to be tired man they got to be at some point sick of traveling all over the place but 
Messi's been through this before. He's played Barcelona. You know, he's played at P- PSG. He's he's done Champions League different places. So they'll be ready to go. We better freaking bring it. Because, hey, if you play like this, you know, against Messi and Inter Miami, they're going to dominate you. I said it all last night, Sam. They're going to just – they don't care. Well, that's that's the point that I made with Moreno without stepping to the ball. You don't think Messi's going to just absolutely crush every single one of those chances. You give him a sliver of hope, and he's going to put it in top bins easily. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, so coming into this game, fresh off a League's Cup victory, first trophy in Inter-Miami history, good for them. Woohoo! Um, we We're here for ours now. This is the this is just another step in, you know, our first trophy for MLS. And, you know, I, I hope I hope we stop Messi from getting his 45th trophy of all time. Like that's that's insane. Like he's got 44 of every like everything. And it's just it's not fair. <laughs> it really is. It's not fair. But yeah, they, they won seven in a row, um, all in League's Cup. So seven in a row after losing 11 in a row prior to that. Yeah. Yeah. The difference that one of the best players in the world can really make is, is pretty crazy along with his two Barcelona buddies, right? Busquets and Alba. But Uh, yeah, yeah. I I think what we have going for us in this game is the fact that it's a home game. I mean, yeah, straight up the fact that we can play at home, and we can actually the whole everybody the whole crowd can get into it and you know for good or for bad you know tell our players like how much this game means to us right so i i I don't think we should have to do that every game they should already know it and already want it like we've touched on you know in the podcast already but yeah i I think this this will be a good game this will be a fun game we're going to have a response. I don't know what your opinion of the fact that if we would have tied or even won against Columbus, do we come in a little bit more complacent because we haven't been pushed? This is the first time this year we've had two losses in a row, and we're going two losses in a row straight into playing Messi, who won this tournament, and they're vibing, they're playing well, and we're probably the worst we've looked all season. What a better time to get your guys inspired to play and gear up for this you know um, yeah i mean to, be, be kind of like the the giant slayers kind of i mean for sure take on the underdog role man yeah, miami's not a giant slayer but to your point the the underdog role right 2017 we were playing the underdog role right back in the semifinals of the open cup i want to mm-hmm. see that same mentality true. i want to see that same vibe true that underdog mentality that got us to that open cup semifinal the same team that went up 2-0 unfortunately we lost an extra time but it was that same energy of i don't i don't care who you are we know who we are and we know we're not the favorites and we don't like we don't care we're just going to play mm. soccer right Who's and going to play our, our butt off Sam, that like, was beautiful. Like that's that's what I want to see. I want to see that same energy. And that was the magic that made us who we are. Fans. Yeah, that is what made us fans of this team. Yeah, just the that, energy. That I was at that game, dude. I, yeah. I I should have mentioned it on our last one on nostalgia because you're exactly right. I never had a better moment of feeling like so proud of the city of fans of the soccer team uh, to say like. No one expected us to be in this position 
and here we are, you know, and this year we've been top of the league, but you're playing a team that probably shouldn't even be in this position if it weren't for Messi, but, but, but they, I mean, they did it without Messi to get to the semifinal. So, you know, how, how does that make them feel? They got there without him and then they're riding this high. Um, We are coming out like hopefully just crazy inspired, ready to just destroy to to your point of inspiration i think that there's got to be a player from the 2017 team that has to do the sword pull that'd be pretty cool that has to be it right that'd be pretty cool somebody away from from league's cup like crap like whatever hopefully this u.s open cup setup thing is like not staggered entrances and like so that way we can't do something yeah like if they don't allow us to like even shout out our players names i'll just be just so upset about that That would that would pump me up if they if they did like an homage to like the 2017 team that'd be pretty dope yeah if they did like a video montage of like hey we've been here before and we're we're here again yeah and this time we're gonna go to the final like that attitude that would be let's make that a tweet sam we gotta we gotta send that out because i don't think anyone's really taken the perspective of we've been here before um, but you're right. Last time we were in the final or the final four, right? That was that was the game. Yeah. Um, we're back and we're ready to make the final. Let's do yeah. it. And and we're I mean, we're not we're not the Giants, but we're we're in the MLS now. Right. Yeah. So we're here. Yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. Um, kind of on a, like a preview side of things, um, predicting lineups. Let's kind of get into that a little bit. Um if we have mascara, hopefully back, we'll find out tomorrow if he's healthy definitely enough. Have back. Miazga will be back. Barrial will be in there. Thank I think God. RES has got to start out wide, right? In my opinion. I hope so. Yeah. So I was going to say earlier, speaking on, you know, the whole Halsey situation, it's got to be Barrial, Arias and Halsey, our top three backs. Yeah. Like those have to be the consistent rotation. Yeah. Everyone else sure. fall in line after that. Yeah, so that's the back. I think they roll out can in the back. I think I really do. I think in the U.S. Open Cup, I mean, even the way that Celentano played, you know, yesterday and had some good saves, you trust your dude that's been playing in this cup competition and a guy that's played in more of a tournament style throughout the entire year um, over, you know, somebody who hasn't really played in that style. Um, I think if I'm correct on this, the U.S. Open Cup will have extra time uh, and then we'll go to a PK shootout. So, which we we'd rather have Alec Khan in a PK shootout. So, to that point, if we go to extra time, I think we're allotted one substitution, which would potentially allow for him to come in if Celentano were to start, even, um, which yeah. kind of opens up uh, possibilities there. On you know, do you want your your regular starter out there against Messi, or do you want the guy that's been playing in these cup competitions. I honestly, it'd be a flip of the coin for me and I'd be happy with either the way that they're both playing. Yeah. I, how, how rare is that? Do you think for substituting sure. a goalkeeper in extra time? Uh, well, Nashville did it for all their league cup games. Well, it wasn't like extra time. It was the end of the game because they saw it was going to PKs, but yeah. I think it happens more. If you have a guy that you're really confident in, in PK shootout situations. Yeah. So touching on, I guess, moving up in the midfield, you know, I think um, 
uh, Obi will be there. He's suspended for Saturday's game um, against NYCFC, but um, he'll be playing, you know, on Wednesday, which will be good. He'll be the X factor trying to keep Messi under. Got to be the guy marking Messi. He's got to be, but he has. He's got to be. He's got to be pre Columbus Crew, though. I mean. What the heck happened to Obi last night? That was it. Was bad. It was bad. It was probably he didn't one of the track worst back. He was playing. Play. He was yeah. playing like a center back. He gave him so much space last night. I mean, like you said, Sam, if you give Messi that kind of space, he's gonna score every single time. So, I really think that he's got to show up in a bigger way. It will be very interesting to see who they put next to him, though. Just especially the way that Mourinho's been playing. We're calling for Angulo. I know I, we I really would yeah. love to see a young Marco Angulo get in there and just scrap. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know if I want him in a situation where like there's potential for mistakes and Mourinho's like played in higher stake settings. Me- but Messi, Messi would dance on him <sighs> if given the chance. I know he would. I don't know, man. On Mourinho? Uh, no, I Angulo. On Angulo, I mean I, Angulo it, wouldn't like take no crap though, is what I'm saying. Well, no, yeah, yeah, but I'm um, uh, as far as mistakes, right? Yeah, that I that's think, the truth. They would pass. Yeah, I, I think on the ball, Moreno's sure. he's good on on the ball, right? Moreno is very accurate with his passes. Right. He's good on that point, but from an energy standpoint, I think we want Angulo because he's he's got yeah. a little bit more energy. I feel like playing somebody like Messi would want him to like all right, hey, this is a huge game. Like for me as a player, like I need to show not only, you know, the world, but I need to show Messi, like, you know, I'm yeah. I'm relevant, you know? Do you remember the game against uh, Nashville right before the League's Cup break? Yeah. Um, the, the big lead up to the game was Hani Mukhtar versus Lucho Acosta for MVP. Yeah, no Correct? competition after the last one, yeah. And what did we ask of him? We said... You show up if you want to show that you're the MVP. Look at this game against Inter Miami when Lucho is going to be playing against his idol, his countryman, yeah, the guy that he took photos with on the field after the World Cup. After the World Cup, when they won, he's going to come out and probably play the best game of his life. I'm I'm calling it right now. Lucho is going to play inspired. He's going to be running around the field. He's going to leave his heart on the field. I am ready for it. I this may and I'm hoping I'm hoping we we see this, but this should be a zero pout game. Yeah, true, good call. You know what I mean? Like yeah. this like I don't like I don't care what kind of mistakes your your teammates or you make like you you give away the ball like you're you're on the like you're giving You don't have energy. time to pout. Exactly. You don't have time to pout because Messi's taking the ball on your side and he's, you know, making some plays happen. So I, I really want to see, like you had talked about, like I want to see him play extremely inspired because he is playing against his idol. Yeah, that'll be really cool. To, him and Barrial both being Argentinian, I think they'll both. Oh, yeah. You try to show out against this guy, you know. I mean, absolutely, you're going to do it. I'd, we're not going to overcompensate, in my opinion, and they're not going to just play out of, you know, left field and just be wild and stuff. Yeah. But yeah. Um, I I think the, the fact that you play so badly against Columbus and then you have this game and you have more of an inspiration to show that you're better than that one, that prior game is what I'm referring to. And then you're playing against the best player, arguably of all time. I mean, you show out, I think you do. And especially in a, you know, setting like this, what a, what a better, no better time. So have this, 
moving moving on to the back line, obviously, if Mascara is healthy, we got Mascara Miazga. Who is our third center back? Oof, Sam, who who do we want between Murphy and Haglin in this game? I think I, they put it. I put. I really do. I I really think that they play Haglin because they took him out at halftime. He played Zlatan. I don't, dude. A Haglin next to how Murphy many, and Mascara. How many years ago was that? How many years ago? Haglin next to Murphy and Mascara is better in that right center back spot than having Murphy on the right being a left footed center back. They could put Mascara on the right and have Murphy on the left. Yeah. Yeah. But, but Barrial is going to be going up yeah. too high. I feel like they need Mascara's cover. Yeah. Especially because Lionel Messi plays primarily on the right wing and will drift inside. And I'd rather have Mascara on that side. I'd rather have Mascara on that side. 100%. I, I yeah, just know Haglin's going to be. Haglin's going to get crossed at least once this game. At least once. Like, just let it be 50 yards from goal. The man's going to touch the ground. He's going to, it's going to be. Uh, I, we're not looking forward to it, but it's no. going to happen. And we already know it. As long as it doesn't ruin the game, then we'll be good. <laughs> yes. As Moving long as it along. does not affect the game <laughs> or scoreline, it, it does not affect the scoreline. We're fine. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, starters um, for striker. What what are your what are your pick after this brutality of a front line we had against Columbus? So I mean, we had up top, we had Vasquez and Boop. He rolls out the same. I, I think they'll go. I think they'll go with the same. To be honest yeah. with you, I, yeah. they'll yeah they'll go with the same lineup. I mean, does something need to change? I don't. I don't know. I don't know if Santos is going to give you something different than Bupenza or he's going to give you something different. I mean, obviously he plays a different game than Vasquez does, but right. theoretically, like that top half should make sense. Right? I think that they bring Santos off the bench because of the fact that Miami's played so many weeks in a row. Their back line would probably be a little bit more tired, theoretically. You bring Santos in to kind of be that spark. Yeah. Don't you think? Yeah, I I think so. I think obviously like Pupenza should do. I mean, he's maybe a little slower than San, Santos is, is a fast guy, right? right. But Pupenza is fast as well. Um, and once again, I I'm open for a big game from him. I really want to see him take those inner Miami defenders one on one, get into space where he's able to curl it in, or you know maybe a little toe poke here, you know in the bottom right corner bottom left like just being a poacher right, right. And, and i think I, I mean up top has to be better it's just got to be better better cohesion and it's got to be dude the communication the, none of the balls between them were on to each other i mean when they would run this way they would play it the other way i mean you got to clear that up now <laughs> worst worst honestly worst case scenario is that the pressure on Acosta to live up to the hype in front of his idol crumbles him to the point where he's yelling at Bupenza again. Yeah. I feel like he's going to, he's going to play inspired though, to where like you said, that's what I'm saying. Worst case scenario. Yeah. Yeah, I'm hoping not. I'm hoping not, but I could see the frustration kind of building from game to 
to game in that aspect of things, but um, I, I think they'll work it out. I think they'll get it right. They did against Chivas. I mean, that was that was one game where you could really see the front line was gelling. That was all, that was all Vasquez. Vasquez was, but um, you know, Bupenza created at least one assist on it. And Acosta plays a ball through to Barial, who plays one to Vasquez. I mean, those guys are your your main guys for creation. Fair. So, yeah, I mean, it's just got to be better than what we saw. And that's the main thing, you know, especially playing, like we keep saying, Messi, we were playing Busquez in the middle. I mean, he's going to try yeah. to dominate a midfield. And we saw how, you know, the crew dominated our midfield. So we got to be better there. And then um, looking at the other thing I wanted to say was Jordi Alba. Jordi Alba is going to be playing high up and trying to play balls into Messi. Um, and that's where I think that Arias can hopefully, you know, manage some of that. There's probably some familiarity there, both playing in the same league. Um, so we'll see. That'll be an interesting matchup, in my opinion, as well. I'll be kind of curious to see if they – play some more of the rookies intermixed um, similar to what they did in leagues cup. Um, look to see uh Campana come off the bench probably as a sub later on in the game, if it's close as well. Um, but the biggest point that I want to make about this game is the importance of coming out and scoring early. Messi has scored early in every single game. Have you noticed that? Except for the one that he had the free kick on, I think. Yeah. Um, we have to we have to come out. We have to show that we are not the team we were in Columbus yeah. to get the fans going, to build the energy, to get the offense kind of rolling. The offense will kind of feed off of that, um, and the guys will play harder, and they'll not feel like defeated right away if we get scored on. You know what I mean? So yeah. all in all, we're very excited about it. It's going to be a heck of a game. I mean, anytime going to be in attendance. Yeah. Yeah. We'll both be there. Um, very excited to obviously see one of the best of all time play. It's like watching Michael Jordan, you know, lace up. I mean, that's special, especially in a point where, you know, they're not even kind of on like a decline. I mean, they just won this trophy and he didn't really show any signs of playing down, you know, I don't think that's in his vocabulary. So, um, you always want to see that as a soccer or football fan. Um, so that'll be really cool to see the atmosphere in terms of like, we're obviously going to have a huge, huge, you know, fan base there. I just hope that people did not sell their tickets for the prices that they're going for to Miami fans, to people that aren't really interested. That would be the only thing that I'm kind of a little bit hesitant about that we had seen a little bit during leagues cup is some of the prices were going, some people were selling to try to get money off of it. Um, and it kind of created a mixed atmosphere. And I really just want our best foot forward. I want our Bailey support there. I want, and I, I think it will, you know, we're, this game has been known for a while now. Um, I, I just would love to see it at its peak, you know, and the, like we had talked about earlier, our team feeds off of that. So. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I, I hope the atmosphere is exactly what we want it to be. Yeah. Real quickly, score prediction for this game, Sam. That's tough. Um, 
<laughs> I'm gonna go one nothing FC. Yeah, I think I'm not too far behind. I'm gonna go uh two one. I feel like it might go to extra time and then we get a an extra time goal because I wouldn't want to go into PKs against Drew Callender, the guy that had just really good PK shootouts um in yeah. Leagues Cup. So uh you obviously know at least three of those guys are made for moments like that. So you don't want to let it get to that point. I think we go two one now. So um any final thoughts on this preview? Obviously we we still do have a MLS um you know game against NYCFC this coming Saturday. You know, this is our brief one minute preview of this game. NYCFC just lost this game uh you know yesterday against Minnesota. Um, they do have a couple guys they brought in the transfer window. They are kind of like mid-table, I want to say, but we're playing at home. We're without OB. Um, depending on the result Wednesday, I think is really going to dictate how we show up. Um, but, you know, really our main focus is obviously on the semifinal game for sure. What are your thoughts on on Saturdays real quick? Yeah, I, I think to your to your point, we – we already have a win against NYCFC on, on their home grounds. They're awful home grounds. And so, you know, this is a chance to hopefully build off a win from the U S open cup into another game. Right. And just continuing to get our momentum back to get, you know, that um, energy back that, that we've had throughout the season. Um, But yeah, I think a team like NYCFC is, is always like, they seem to have like a, a new energy, right? Um, and they'll be they have a pretty darn good CDM in you know in Sands, and so we will be without ours. So it'll be interesting to see who commands the middle of the field in that game, especially the fact that they won't have a midweek game too, and yeah. just so many emotions going between rivalry, then Miami. Easy to call NYCFC a trap game, especially coming off a loss at the crew and kind of slipping a little bit in supporter shield. We gotta have a solid outing. I mean, I can't stress yeah. it enough. We if we want to be legendary, that's the game to win. Be legendary. Be legendary. So our uh trivia question again and recap here. How many current FC Cincinnati players have played Messi in their career, whether club or for country? Sam had locked in two, kind of butchered that one a little bit earlier there on, uh, but naming the players would kind of be the more important part of it. Sam said Yuya Kubo and Matt Miazga for respective Japan and for the United States in playing Argentina. You didn't get either, man. What? <laughs> you didn't get either. Yeah. Santiago Arias. Atletico yeah, Madrid makes, right back. That makes so much sense. I he's played, that. you know, Jordi Alba, Busquez. He's played Messi multiple times. Yeah. And I mean, he played for obvious, yeah. He played for the Colombia national team who's played, you know, Argentina plenty of that times was, as well. That's on me. Yeah. Um, second one, Junior Mourinho has played for Venezuela, yeah, yeah, Venezuela. against uh, against Argentina. And actually kind of interesting here in the games that Mourinho has played. So not including the ones where he's on the bench, but games that he's actually played the Venezuela team had won one tied one and lost one. So 
building kind of to our, our preview for this inner Miami game, you touch upon playing against Messi. You have two guys in your locker room that have done it. Yeah. You, you go to those guys and you say what worked, what didn't work. You know, you at least have guys that are in a little bit more of a defensive type role that you can look upon to say, how do you defend three of these players? You know, um, how do we come out? How do we, what are the nuances that you've seen? I mean, Arias has played them several times. So um, there's no, you know, big moment factor for at least a few of them. I'm sure yeah. like we've touched upon for some of the guys that this is their idol, it'll be huge. But um, like Sam said earlier, we'll kind of close this out here on this point. Let's bring the U S open cup semifinal magic back to Cincinnati. I'm here for it ready for it let's make a final let's go win at least one trophy uh we'll see you all next week after we beat Messi. sound like a plan sam yes sir all righty see you guys next week